You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Welcome to the second episode of the 2023 Dragon Con Report. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Gordon. I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, starting, of course, with Jen. Hello, everyone. Howdy, howdy. And Channing is here with us as well, I think. Is he? <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Mike. Uh, Channing has having Wi-Fi problems at the currently, so gotcha, gotcha. you're stuck with oh, me well. just sitting in for a few minutes <laughs> until he gets back. That's uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, look, uh, um, I guess I'll uh, address it right away um, because uh, we want to apologize to everybody for the last minute rescheduling of this uh, this month's episode. We were supposed to go live last week and. Unfortunately, when we were about to do so, uh, we received the unfortunate news that, uh, that our dear friend and co-host Darren Noel passed away. Um, it, it's, it's impossible to, for us to measure his impact on the show and on our lives. Um, he, w- he will be missed to say the least. Um, uh, I have been greatly moved by all of the sentiments that I've seen online across social media and, 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 and communicating with you guys. Uh, we really do appreciate all the sentiments, especially from folks who knew Darren because of listening to this show or uh, listening to Earth Station One. Um, you know, if I've accomplished, if I've accomplished nothing else in my life, uh, I can at least be proud that I've been part of at least two podcasts that have introduced folks to Darren and you guys got to know him. It has been my honor, my pleasure to do that. Um, uh, Jen, is there anything that you want to add to that? Or, um, well, as you said, it was it was very shocking for us because we we literally found out like thirty seconds before we were supposed to go live. It was, um, so yeah. it was and uh, we didn't we didn't really well. I know it's you, especially you didn't believe the post uh, that when you saw it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna miss. My friend, I'm going to miss uh, arguing with him on the show about parties and where to go drink. <laughs> I'm going to miss running into him at midnight in the Metro Diner because somehow the past few years we always kept getting sat right diagonally across from each other on the third floor. Just at midnight? Come on, it was later than that. <laughs> okay, one night it was 3 o'clock in the morning, but usually midnight. Okay. Um. I didn't get to know him as long as you guys did, but he made an impact on me in the short amount of time. I'm very happy, though, that he had so many platforms that he got to share who he was as a person with so many other people out there. Because he was worth knowing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Jenning, anything you want to say? Um, unlike you all, I didn't have the pleasure of 
knowing him that well or that long. We we guested on one or two podcasts together, but I remember he was very friendly, very inviting, um, also very funny. Um, it definitely seems like he was the kind of person who could bring out the best in people and lift some folks up when maybe they were feeling kind of down. So um, I definitely feel bad that I didn't get to know him better. And I just kind of have to offer my condolences to those of you who did. I'm sure it's a big loss. Absolutely. Yeah. Mike, as we, as we were reflecting the other day, I mean, Darren's been at least part of the dragon con report since day one. Literally he was since day one and you know, Darren, I hate to say it, Mikey. He predates you on the podcast. <laughs> he does. He does. Cause on, on regular. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, yes. Yes. On, <laughs> on regular earth station one, he actually started with episode six of the podcast. Way back by two episodes in, tw- in 2010. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting to, you know, get to know the man, get to know him. At first I was a fan of his cause through his podcasting, through the Legion of Substitute Podcasters and then, you know, becoming his friend once he started, you know, working with ESO and just, you know, he's come to our house multiple times. He's come to our holiday dinners. We've, you know, drunken many an apple pie together. We've, you know, had, you know, many of a good time. And he always, like everyone's been saying, Darren was the guy always to lighten the mood. He was the guy who always, you know, bring a smile to my face. And he, you know, he always was, you know, even when we talked about serious crap on Earth Station One and some of the LGBT episodes and such. And he was always, though, he was the voice of reason with a twist. And that's what I loved about him. And he will be missed. And I've been working with his brother, Ken, a lot ever since, you know, we found all this, what's been happening and helping getting the news out about any memorials that they're doing for him and any kind of services and funeral and such. And just it busted my gut trying to post it or even the message I had to post last week to say we had to put the podcast on hold and how to say it was just amazingly hard. Yeah. But Thank you for doing that, by the way. Oh, dude, it's, you know, I would do that for you, any of my friends, you know, and or family members. This is, you know, what friends do. And you, you go to bat for them and he would have gone to bat with for any of us. And that's the thing you have to remember that he was the kind of person and he also at the same time he didn't let people know when he was hurt or he was bothered he always let he he let everybody know you know he wanted to put on the smiling face for it and you know he was from what i found out he was a lot sicker than he even let out to everybody and that's the sad part about what happened and, you know, Darren's going to be missed and it's Absolutely. not going to be the same. And, yeah. you know, but as in any good show business, the show show must go on. And, and, and of course, he would he would demand that. 
Oh, he, he, yeah. He said he would be, don't you dare stop doing this or don't you stop doing the LGBT segment on ESO. He right. would, he would kick our ass aside till Tuesday. And right. don't or, stop drinking pie. Oh, right. exactly. Exactly. He says your, your livers better start, you know, getting even more damage now, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So we're still processing his absence. Um, you know, forgive us if there are more than the usual bumps. In this episode, as well as for the rest of the season, uh, so it's going to be a little tough. But as Mike said, the show must go on, um, and we've got a lot of really cool stuff to talk about. So, um, so every you know, this season, this episode, all dedicated to our friend Darren. And, of course, uh, uh, if you've got your 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 drinks ready. <laughs> uh, Let's uh, let's give Darren a, a good old Dragon Con toast. Oh wait, I got to turn the bottle because you know we don't want, we don't get <laughs> no, paid for advertising. No product placement. <laughs> exactly, no product placement allowed. Ah, but if the fine <laughs> but if the fine folks at the Breckenridge, you know, do definitely want to pay for us, you know, to do it, it would be really awesome. This is uh, this is some good pie, Mike. This is your pie. If it was Darren's pie, I would be on the floor in five minutes. Yes. <laughs> oh no, Darren! You know, threw the whole kitchen sink into his. I actually literally my, the whole yes. cabinet. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So, um, we appreciate, like I said, all the sentiment that you guys have been giving us. And as we get more information about, like, we are going to do on Earth Station One uh, in the coming weeks. We are going to be doing a whole episode devoted to our friend. So we'll keep you up to date on that as well uh, when that airs. So, um, and certainly the sentiments that you guys have, if you guys want to uh, send them to our way, we'd love to hear about more stories about Darren. So, all right. Now, uh, I guess we'll get some business out of the way. Uh, we're a proud member of the ESO Network. We have a T public store filled with all kinds of cool stuff, including a very cool design of the Dragon Con Report podcast. There's a link for that in this episode's show notes. And if you go to the top of the ESO Network page, uh, esonetwork.com, uh, you'll also see a link to our patron page. So um, thank you, patrons, for your support. We do really appreciate it. The audio version of our show is still available via all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Audible.com, all those places. And, of course, we have the video now that you're watching via Facebook and on YouTube. So we appreciate that. You can always access past episodes at DragonConReport.com. However you access the show, please like and share, like and share, like and share. You can go all the way back to the very first episode of the DragonCon Report on the website. So, And and you'll find Darren right there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And all those episodes. Oh, very much so. And uh, to leave us feedback, comment on the show, please feel free to send the email our way at feedback at dragonconreport.com. Uh, reach out to us via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or on all those platforms as well. And uh, we are, as I've said many times, uh, we are an unofficial, unofficial. We are unofficially uh, associated with DragonCon. We are not and never have been officially connected with the con. Uh, for all official news, we strongly recommend checking out the official website, uh, dragoncon.org, as well as all their social media outlets. All right, so we're going to get starting with some news and notes. We do have some guests waiting in the green room, so we're going to get to them in a few minutes. But first, um, just a few brief, a couple of brief notes here. 
Um, memberships right now are still available, of course. Uh, they're available online for $135 for the five-day membership. Um, March 17th is when the price goes up. So if you want to get them at the, at the lowest rate you can get them right now, that's uh, $135. You have a few weeks to do that. We don't know exactly how much they're going to be when they when they do go up in, in, on the 17th. Uh, Jen, as you pointed out uh, before we start recording, Probably about $25. That usually seems to be the norm. That seems to be what it's following right now. So I I desperately hope that they're not going to participate as as most like Disney and AMC and all these places are doing with the the increment, like popular pricing, Ticketmaster-wise, because that would be insane. But hopefully we never have to worry about that as far as Dragon Con goes. I don't want to give them any ideas. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, memberships are non-refundable and non-transferable. So once you purchase them, they're yours to keep. Um, parade registration opened a few weeks ago and to my surprise, it's still open. Yeah. I thought, uh, I'm still seeing people <laughs> talking the groups, asking if anybody wants to march. That, usually, doesn't it usually fill up with under 24 hours? Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, usually it's not even... Yeah, it's only like available for a day before it's all filled up. So I don't know. Do you guys have any idea why that would be like? Maybe they opened up more spaces. Maybe that's going to get a longer parade. Like, wasn't it shorter the past couple of years because of everything? Maybe. It feels like it was shorter the last two years. Um, so yeah, I could see them opening up some spaces, which might be good. Gets. I like the dragon. I wouldn't mind seeing some some fresh blood coming in. Yeah. Some new blood. Well, if you want to participate in the parade, which I've never done, uh, that's one thing of Dragon Con I've never participated in. I've never done that. Uh, but if you want to uh, do it now, because uh, who knows? I, who knows? It, 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 like, by the time I finish this sentence, it could be shut. It could be closed. So, uh, so check it out, and uh, if you want to participate in that, um, the other thing we did get uh, just today, actually, uh, they announced. Uh, uh, a new program. Well, that's uh, the newest edition of their program, Dragon Con Superheroes, where they do charity work. Right now, it says, uh, according to their announcement on their website uh, or on their Facebook page, it says that they are going to be distributing snack and toiletry bags to parents at the Affleck Cancer Centers of Children's Healthcare of Atlanta with our charity partner, Cure uh, Childhood Cancer, which is the official charity of this year. Uh, we need help uh, gearing up for the project. So you can order from Amazon Wishlist. They have a link in the comments, and we'll have a link in our show notes as well. And they'll be accepting them in person at the volunteer meeting on the uh, 12th of March. That is at the Marriott Marquis. Uh, March 12th is the uh, – is that the first volunteer meeting or second? It's first, right? Yeah. So, um, so they it's, will be – I'm sorry? I was going to say it's also the uh, halfway to con meetup. It is, right. Yes, halfway to con as well. So, man, can you believe it? We're halfway there already. It seems like we just started recording these episodes. Um, but, uh, yeah, so if you want to participate and help out with that, you can check out uh, the DragonCon Facebook page. I think they're also announcing it, and they're also talking about stuff on Twitter, exactly more specifically what some of the items that they need are on Twitter. So you can check those out and, uh, and donate. Uh, like I said, order from the Amazon wish list. It can't get much easier than that. So um, that's great. I'm glad that they do that. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, any other news that you guys ran across? A note? 
Nope. No, I mean, the only big thing is Dragon Con is 183 days away, so um, <laughs> you, you might want to start making some plans if you haven't already. Um, just, just, just a pro tip. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. It's never too early, as we say. It's never too early to start thinking about and preparing for Dragon Con. Yes, I'm planning out all the cosplays I'm not going to have time to make. <laughs> all right. Well, um, as a special bonus here, we've got a couple of guests coming in. Uh, we have got Gary and Sarah from the Dragon Con Theater and Performing Art Lovers group. It's a new group. Hi, guys. Hi, hi. So tell us about this new group. All right. Well, um, anybody who is looking at me and is familiar with DragonCon probably knows me as the co-director of the American Sci-Fi Classics track. Uh, so I do a lot of work at DragonCon already, and I want to do more. So obviously I'm crazy. And yeah. I have been yes, pushing for at least 10 years that there should be a tack- track dedicated to the theater and the performing arts. Um, because... Well, I've said this time and again, not every nerd is a theater kid, but every theater kid's a nerd. (laughs) And basically, we don't have a track. We are working on it. We are basically right now, though, trying to build that groundswell of support. If you are into theater, and I mean anything in the house, front to back, selling tickets, working tech, working props, costuming, makeup, performing, acting, directing any of it and not just theater i'm talking uh street performers stand-up comics burlesque shows anything that you would do in front of a live audience it would be something that we are looking for if we can ever become programming that's what we would cover if right now if that's just something you're into come talk to us and hang out and meet your fellow theater kids and hang out um that is the goal right now is just to build that community because the community comes first. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, Mike, you know this. Jen, you know this. Uh, Channing, you know this. Uh, that Dragon Con is family. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why Darren's loss hits us so hard. We didn't just lose a friend. We lost family. And we want to let everybody who's in to theater or performing arts know that hey there is a space for you here and let's hang out I'm very exactly. curious to, oh, I'm sorry go ahead sir no, I was agreeing go ahead <laughs> no, yes mimes I'll, I'll... <laughs> for sure yes <laughs> we want you are they are they a silent minority yes, um, <laughs> yes. The, uh, I love you Mike <laughs> <laughs> the um, it is interesting because you know we get to literally kind of track if you will pardon the pun mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, second pun in like two minutes. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, um, like the birth of a track, um, mm-hmm. which is always intriguing to me. Is there anything you can tell us about the process? Like that? I don't know. Is it uh, is it one of those behind closed doors, secret kind of things, or is there really like legitimate steps that you need to do in order to make this happen? There are legitimate steps. Some of it I can talk about. Some of it obviously you can't. Uh, but the first thing, you, if you want to do and grow a community at DragonCon, the first thing you've got to do is be a volunteer. Put in the commitment, show the con that you're working for the con, that you're trying to help the con. Uh, and it doesn't matter where you volunteer. Find a, a track that you're into that you want to volunteer on. Uh, volunteer safety is always looking for people. Transportation, load in and load out is always looking for people. Um, 
And then go to the meetings, go to the, all the volunteer meetings, show up, be a presence, and then use your social media. Join the different DragonCon Facebook groups, follow things on Twitter. Uh, if you're one of those TikTok people, then, you know, do a, the DragonCon TikTok dance. If there isn't one, someone make it by the end of the episode. Uh, <laughs> Carpet uh, but, the musical. That's what we need. Yes. Um, <laughs> So, but, and then you've just got to talk to the powers that be, and that's going to be the people in charge of programming. That's going to be, uh, you know, it, the buck stops at them, the overlords. Uh, I'm not going to throw names out because they would probably hurt me <laughs> for sending yeah. people their way. And you don't want to mess up your chances. <laughs> exactly. And then just, you know, be polite, be persistent. Like I said, I have been pushing for this. Oh, there you go. Marriott store. Always looking for a few people. Um, the politeness is important. <laughs> um, you know, uh, thankfully, uh, the group so far has been very polite. We had our first in-person meetup at DragonCon this year, and mm -hmm. we put the word out to, hey, email the powers that be, use the app, send emails, Say, hey, this is program we would like to see. And at the after show of DragonCon, they got we got told, we hear you. Please stop for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. it was very fun. It was very fun to hear Rachel specifically talk about that. I was in the room when she she said that and she's like, We hear you loud and clear. You want a theater track and mm -hmm. By all means, like, just the amount of, like, cheers and everything else that we get whenever we mention that we want more theater track at Dragon Con is outstanding. And so the biggest thing I can tell you that I'm doing and um, is trying to make our presence known, you know, project, as I like to say, project into the world that, hey, we're here. We're, we're geeks, we're nerds, and we're passionate about what we want to do. And so this is what we want. We want a theater track. And we want everybody. And it is not just about musicals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it'll be a nice addition. Um, even though it's not an official track yet, I've seen an increased theater presence. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was maybe a year, maybe two years ago, there was uh, a photo shoot where people were dressed up as characters from different uh, musicals and plays. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen more Hamilton cosplays than I can count uh, lately. And yeah, like Greatest Showman. Right, Greatest yeah, Greatest Showman, showman yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if it happened, but there was a group, they were planning on doing the Avengers, but from the um, Steve Rogers, the musical. <laughs> so, Rogers, yeah, the yeah. musical, yes. Save yes, the city. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. It, it seems like a natural progression, and I, I kind of hope it does um, take off. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and there's definitely, I think, a hunger for it, because when we started the group, like, shortly either shortly before or right during DragonCon, we actually started the Facebook group and we shot to like 300 members in like 24 hours. Four hours. Yeah. It, it was insane. Uh, the number of people, we uh, were less than a, a year old and we're already above 700 members. I mean. Wow. That's impressive. That's, 
Mm-hmm. It shows that there are people there and we're every week we're adding more people. So yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. We're adding more people. We've started putting on uh, virtual panels on YouTube. Uh, you can find us um, and we're doing at least one a month talking about different things. We started back in January. Our very first one was, you know, it is the theater part of pop culture. Because that is one of the questions we get asked. And Mm -hmm. yes, definitely. And if you want the longer answer, go watch the video. (laughs) Like, subscribe. (laughs) Like, subscribe and share. (laughs) Hit the bell for notifications. Now, you also have a... uh, something coming up though, right? You guys some have a halfway three point on this. Coming three up, things. Actually. Okay. Three but things tell us, tell us more. Well, on March 4th, we're presenting one of these panels, uh, that we were talking about, which is, uh, at 9 PM Eastern standard time. Uh, we're doing the art of plays, which is all about, uh, plays and why we love plays and, uh, things like that, that it, this month we're kind of featuring, White theater isn't just musicals. That's kind of the theme for the mm-hmm. month. Um, on March 17th, we're actually doing the Halfway to Con online meetup where Gary and I are going to be talking about the status of everything, what we want to do for this year, mm-hmm. our badge ribbon theme for the year. I mean, we, every year we do, we want to do a charity raffle. Um, we did one last year and even though I got like zero promotion, we raised $175 for the Dragon Con charity, which was, it's pretty good. I mean, considering mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't promote. We didn't promote it at all. We, and we still got a hundred bucks. So, <laughs> and, uh, the, uh, the last thing, and this is actually the first time we're talking about it. Um, so exclusive on March 27th at 8 PM, we're doing another one, which is theater is more than just musicals. It's going to be a series. This one talking about. Dance, magic, and uh, improv, and that's going to be featuring the Dragon Con guest, John Armstrong. He's officially announced for this year. He's been a guest before. Uh, performer, professional performer and dancer, Sorsha Masters, and uh, Atlanta improv actor Tim Millard, Millard, I'm not sure how to say his last name. And he, he regularly performs at Atlanta venues, including like Dad's Garage, Roll Call Theater, Sketchworks, Comedy, et cetera. And they're all going to be talking about what they do and why that's theater. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. And then, yeah. And we're the- also, uh, speak, you mentioned it in the news. We're also going to be marching in the parade. Oh, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and when you start doing a uh, start again a, tomorrow. If you do a uh, if you do a segment uh, on uh, non musicals theater, um, if you're tackling Tennessee Williams, let me know because I I did oh, some college absolutely. work on on that absolutely. guy. So so <laughs> right. we're, we're gonna write that down. Uh, that is definitely- uh, be uh, <laughs> prepared to be. Conscripted into our panels. I'm going to bring out my uh, college papers. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I got to renew myself. Um, yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, we wish you the best of luck. You got you got our vote. Uh, I think yes. it's uh, I think it's a really solid uh, idea for a track, and uh, I would not be surprised if it if it happens. Um, you guys are available. Where can people go to find out more information um, and to to get involved? 
Oh, uh, the link for the YouTube channel is now on screen. And you can always reach out to me at, at Gary underscore Mitchell, Mitchell with one L. Yes, Star Trek fans, it's my real name. <laughs> and we also have the Facebook group. If you just search for the theater and musical lovers uh, unofficial, nope. which I am going theater to Theater and that. performing arts lovers unofficial. <laughs> yeah, we changed the name because of We things. changed the name because of the musicals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dragon Con Theater and performing arts lovers. And I'll be unofficial. <laughs> the only reason we're, the main reason we know we're not getting it this year is just because Dragon Con doesn't have enough space. Uh, There's still yeah. construction going on at the hotels. There's still work being done. So right now it's just cramming us into a room would be difficult. So hopefully when all the construction upgrades are done next year, we're fingers crossed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and we'd definitely love to check in on the progress here and there. So you guys are welcome back to, to come on and talk about how well things are going. And, and certainly if you're having more events to uh, talk about and people participate in. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, awesome. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate it. Um, and That's good luck. And like I said, you got our vote. But that's what, you know, yes. Con needs more programming. That's what it needs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because there isn't so, there, there's so little to do at Dragon Con. People I mean, aren't conflicted enough on what to do. Right. There needs to be more choices of really cool stuff to do. So, no, that's really awesome. I really <laughs> awesome. So, all right, guys. Uh, for the, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and then when we come back, We've got guests, man. We've got a lot of guests to get through. So, um, yeah, so stay tuned, and we're going to read off as many as we can in the allotted amount of time we have. How nerdy are you, Cher? Do you love gaming, costumes, and cosplay? Grab some beats and come party with us at Nerdy Graw, a three-day carnival celebration of all things geek. Join the crew for music, entertainment, gaming, cosplay, and celebrity guests including DC Douglas, Steve Jackson, Mark Neer, and Jessica Nova. Friday, March 10th through Sunday, March 12th at the Atlanta Marriott Northeast at Century Center. Visit NerdyGraw.org for more information. Join the crew at Nerdy Graw, Cher. Put a room at the hotel for a party that's going to last the whole weekend. So, Brittany, Martha, <laughs> tell me about your podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like we're in sync, but also kind of a disaster. And we are always a disaster. So our podcast is fun if you want to hear two people talk about and complain about stuff that <laughs> they love complaints. and also hate. And drink. And drink. And the show is Same. called? Oh. <laughs> but, but first, let's, let's talk, talk nerdy. nerdy. And you can find us on the ESO Network. Party. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> party, party. All right. And we are back. Uh, and we are going to get right to uh, the guest list. Um, there's three of us. Uh, normally, this is something that uh, Darren loved to do so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, there's three of us. So we're going to see if we can get through this. Uh, we'll start with Jen okay. and then go with Channing. And then uh, and then I will uh, read off. So we'll, we'll get to see how many we, of these we can get through. Uh, just to make sure, we start at the, the bottom, right? Um, other, I think <laughs> alphabetical order. So, uh, so yeah, I think we should start from the top. Start so, at the um, bottom. You know better than that, guys. Come on. <laughs> Jared Albrig is the creator of his own co- original comic book, Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. He's the writer for Z2 Comics, a trading card artist for Marvel Comics and Upper Deck cover artist and inker for White Rocket Books, and a U.S. Air Force combat veteran. 
April Ames is a microbial microbial geneticist and ecologist with a focus on microbe microbe and microbe host interactions. I got the good one. By <laughs> night, April enjoys her hobbies such as dancing, cosplay, and video games. Yeah, the drinking game is uh, is active right now. Yeah, for anything we get wrong, go ahead, take a drink. Uh, John Armstrong stars in the Netflix music, ma- Magicians: Life in the Impossible. You have seen him amaze on the Today Show, cause Penn on CN, CW's Penn and Teller's Fools Us to exclaim his act is, quote, the most original I've ever seen. And wow, Jay Leno on The Tonight Show. Dane Alt is the artist behind Monkey Minion Press, an art company he runs with his wife and business partner, Ashley Hammond. Monkey Minion Press has been publishing art books, kids' books, and all manner of propaganda, science, and space-related art prints and posters for over a decade. Davy Bochamp is an artist and librarian. He's done work for BBC, BBC America, and Penguin UK for Doctor Who. Currently, he is the art director for Tavern Publishing. Jennifer Blackstream is a best-selling author of urban fantasy and paranormal romance fueled by binge-watching TV murder mysteries, a master's degree in psychology, and an obsession with mythology and fairy tales. Rachelle Burks is a chemistry professor with a crime lab background. She brings her expertise to examine unusual cases, both real and fictional. Kevin Cafferty is an Emmy-nominated documentary filmmaker, head of creative at a Fortune 500 company, and podcaster. Freddie Clements is currently a distinguished professor of drama, costume design, at Jackson State University, Jacksonville, Alabama. He holds an MFA in costume design from Virginia Commonwealth University. He has designed costumes for various regional theaters and has extensive experience in early 20th century corsetry, Uh, kilt construction, and costume technology. Dr. Joshua Caldwell is chair and Pegasus professor of physics at the University of Central Florida. He hosts Walk About the Galaxy, the fun astronomy podcast. Michael Corey, a.k.a. Props to History, is a prop maker SFX artist and prop master for film, TV, and theater. Known publicly as Props to History, a film prop and special effects historian. Joe Caroni has been illustrating Star Wars artwork for Disney and Lucasfilm and Star Trek artwork for CBS Studios since 1997, as well as a host of other properties. New Star Wars artwork and various other licenses are in the works for publication later this year. Magic lover Katie Cross has published more than 30 books in young adult fantasy because she likes to hang out with dragons in wild places. Keith R.A. DeCandio has written tons of novels, short fiction and comics in licensed universes from Alien to Zorro and in his own Milus, the fictional Cliff's End and Super City, also in New York and Key West. He writes about pop culture for Tor.com. By day, psychologist Celia Dominic helps people cure their insomnia. By night, this USA best-selling author, USA Today best-selling author writes steampunk and urban fantasy books that keep readers up all night. Kevin Eldridge produces and hosts The Flopcast, a pop culture comedy podcast. He's a published science fiction author, an organizer and host of Skeptic Events, and a comedy musician. Sean Fletcher is the Amazon best-selling, award-winning author of YA and middle-grade fantasy. He can be found speaking about and teaching writing and working as a professional editor. Jackson Ford is a South African author living in Vancouver. He is the author of The Frost Files, beginning with the girl who could move with her mind. 
Matt Folk <laughs> is known in both Japan and America as the Kaiju King, having been an official Godzilla artist on comic, statues, and posters since 2011. He has also worked on Transformers, Ultraman, Gamera, Power Rangers, and original comics like Miss Medusa and State of the Monsters. Chandra Free is the writer-artist of the God Machine graphic novel series and co-founder of Machina Corps, a spooky comics imprint. She's an illustrator on books like John Carpenter's Tales for a Halloween Night, Fraggle Rock, and Graphic Canon. She's currently working as a character designer. Dr. Charles E. Gannon's 20-plus books have won the Dragon Award, the ALA Choice Award, the Compton Crook Award, and had multiple no- Nebula nominations. He is best known for the Kane Riordian series of hard sci-fi novels, novels in Eric Flint's 1632 and John Ringo's Black Tide, Black Tide Rising universes. Andrew E.C. Gaska is the... UKGE, an any award-winning settings adventure writer for Free League Publishing's Alien RPG, a franchise consultant to 20th Century Studios on Alien, Predator, and P.O.T.A. He's also the lead writer on the Terminator RPG and two choose-your-own-adventure graphic novels. Apologies in advance. Jay Gonzo is a Chicano comic book artist, best known as the writer and artist of his own title, La Mano del Destino, self-published singles collected edition available on Image College, Image Comics. He's also the artist of La Vaz de Mayo, Tata Rambo. Daniel Govar is a comic, children's book, and fantasy artist known for covers and interiors, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, etc. Currently, Daniel is the illustrator for Naomi Novik's three-book Tamarin Omnibus? <laughs> um, artist for various Star Wars card sets for Tops and is releasing his second art book later this year. Ooh, Tom- people are already, like, wasted now. Thomas Harper leads the American Red Cross International Humanitarian Law Program, where he frequently wields Star Wars and other pop culture to teach the public about the laws of war. Chris A. Jackson is the author of over 30 novels in multiple genres. He is the 2022 Scribe Award winner for Best Short Story, as well as numerous other awards. Kristen Jackson is the Director of Communications and Graphic Designer for Frostbite Pictures and is currently working on international and domestic indoor-outdoor art for Paramount Pictures. G.S. Jensen is a best-selling author of 18 novels and numerous short stories. Her novel, Starshine, was named one of the best sci-fi novels by a woman in the last 50 years. Les Johnson is a physicist, author, and NASA technologist. His recent books include A Traveler's Guide to the Stars, Princeton Press, Saving Proxima, The Space-Time War, and Ross 248 Project. He leads two NASA space missions and was featured in the March 2019 issue of National Geographic. Bernadette Johnson is the author of The Big Book of Spy Trivia, The Big Book of Horse Trivia for Kids, and The Big Book of Cryptid Trivia. E.K. Johnston is the critically acclaimed New York Times bestselling author of multiple young adult novels, as well as a writer of Star Wars and Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves tie-ins. Cartoonist Mike Kunkel has worked for nearly 30 years in animation and publishing, drawing cartoon stories for film, TV, and comics. He's won the Annie Award for Best Character Design in an Animated TV Production and is the creator of the two Emmy Award-winning comic series, Hero Bear and the Kid. 
Philip Ligon is a international best-selling author and Dragon Award finalist. His works range from steampunk to alternate history to fantasy. Kavura is one of the hosts of both the Star Pod Trek and Star Pod Log podcasts. She produces Ladies Trek Library and is in several Star Trek fan clubs and fan films. Defying Odds is what the New York Times best-selling author Sherilyn Kenyon does best. With decades of legion of fans known as paladins, thousands of whom proudly sport tattoos from her genre-defying series, she's become one of the most popular and influential authors in the world, in both adult and young adult. Ed Larson is the founder and CEO of Tampa Deep Sea Explorers Incorporated. Ted is passionate about robotics, underwater exploration, business, science fiction, and the maker movement. Tara Lynn is an author, event planner, fandom, and geek culture expert and public speaker. They founded Ice and FireCon and are a host of the Geek Saga and Sagas and Sass podcasts. Megan Mackey is the author of the Lucky Devil series, the Dead World series, the Working Mass series, the Adventurers of Pavlov's Dog and Schrodinger's Cat series, and many more. Mary Mancuso, Man, Mancusi is the award-winning author of over 30 books for kids, teens, and adults. She writes frozen novels for Disney Press, as well as sci-fi fantasy books for other major publishers. An Emmy award-winning former TV news producer, she also writes branching narrative fiction for mobile gaming companies. Thomas Mariani is a staff writer for FilmCred and host of the podcast Double Edge, Double Bill, who has been a panelist for eight straight Dragon Cons. Woohoo! Savannah Miller is a public health professional that has studied a wide range of public health topics, including climate change, because it's real, and infectious disease. Bill Mulligan has worked as a writer, director, actor, and special effects creator. He podcasts with decades of horror. His first published novel, Rom, is coming soon. Bobby Nash is an award-winning author, comic books, novels, short stories, screenplays, audio. On occasion, he acts in movies and TV shows. Usually, he's been standing behind your favorite actor, but every once in a while, they let him speak. Nair is a host of StarPod Log and StarPod Trek. Having attended as well as presented at literally hundreds of conventions, his panels are engaging, entertaining, and informative. Jody Lynn Nye lists her main career activity as, quote, spoiling cats, unquote. When not engaged in this worthy occupation, she writes fantasy and science fiction. She has published over 50 books and more than 170 stories. Nye teaches writing seminars and is coordinating judge for the Writers of the Future contest. Andy Parks is an American comic book artist known for his works as an inker and writer. His greatest notoriety comes from his stint with fellow artist Phil Hester on PC Comics' Green Arrow series and writing the graphic novels Union Stations and Capote in Kansas by Oni Press. Having studied Chinese and Japanese martial arts and Kwangji, Noel Pure draws on those experience to write hard-hitting martial arts fiction and nonfiction. His new novel is The Lady Dragon of Chinatown. Ellie Rain is a gothic fantasy author of the Writer's Digest award-winning epic series The Necroceme Chronicles. Tony Sereccia is a writer-producer with multiple audio drama and short stories under his belt. He also has a supernatural thriller screenplay in development with Scary Times Productions. Hanunu Nuligan Salkyu is an artist, comic creator, and graphic designer based in Sacramento, California. From the cartoons of his youth to the films he missed by decades, from Golden Age comics to classic newspaper strips, you will find a creator who has immersed himself in what he loves. 
I, I see the end. We're, get, we're we're getting to the end. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, Robert J. Sawyer has won the Hugo, Nebula, and John W. Campbell Memorial Awards, all for Best Science Fiction Novel of the Year. The ABC TV series Flash Forward was based on his Aurora-winning novel of the same name, and he was one of the writers for that program. Dr. David Schiffman is a scientist, science journalist, author, and public speaker. He studies sharks and how to protect them and teaches ocean conservation policy at Georgetown University. R. Allen Seiler is owner of Cosmic Press. He's the author of three books about Doctor Who, the kids' book Lucy Can't Dance, and essays on numerous pop culture topics. His podcasts include Modern Musicology, Earth Station Trek, Doctor Who A to Z, and Alan's Record Bin. Javier Snipes is the Director of Diversity and Inclusion for the Stratford Festival Theatre in Ontario, Canada. He is a Peabody Award-winning actor working in theatre, film, and voice. Kim Stedman is a systems engineer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Currently, she is a systems engineer for the Perseverance Rover Engineering Operations Team and the Technical Group Supervisor for the Integrated Planning and Sequencing for Surface Missions Group. She has also worked on Opportunity, Curiosity, and Cassini. Stress in a Box is a content creator with over 2 million followers on TikTok and an indie author. As an author, she is best known for the Keeper series. Mandissa Thomas is the founder and president of Black Nonbelievers. In 2022, Mandissa was featured on in a billboard and newspaper ad for the I'm Secular and I Vote campaign. Jamie Tyndall is a Canadian-American comic book cover artist. He is the founder and co-creator of Absolute Comics and Merck Publishing with such titles as Miss Meow, Death Rage, Born of Blood, and many more. They told him to take things seriously. Instead, Benjamin Wallace wrote a book called Post-Apocalyptic Nomadic Warriors. Now he's making reading more fun than it should be. (laughs) And last but not least, at least in this round, uh, Dave West is a writer, interviewer, and podcaster who also hosts game shows, wrestling events, and rock and roll concerts. And that is an extensive it, it's not actually everybody who has been announced in the last month but it is it is as close as i could get uh so um yes so a lot of good friends of the station a lot of uh, variety of i always like seeing the variety of number of guests we've got uh scientists and, and nasa folks rocket scientists literally rocket scientists as well as a lot of writers and just people from all walks of life it's amazing to me and they haven't even announced, they haven't really started announcing, like, the big featured celebrity guests yet. Um, are the big featured celebrity guests going to be people named Scott, Bob, uh, Chris, Mike, you know, <laughs> you know, simple request, you know, you know. And can, can their description just be actor, writer, artist? That's, you know, Scott is an artist. <laughs> what, now, what fun would that be, Jenny? Yeah, and what and what kind of artists? I mean, the, come uh, on. The, the people There's at home like to like to follow along and 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 enjoy a nice beverage or two. Or the five. folks want the details. I get it. <laughs> five. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that is the guest list. Thank you guys uh, very much for reading off that. Um, and uh, now it's time finally to start our. our start talking about our main topic, which is uh, examining and exploring all the main hotels 
that Dragon Con has to offer, the host hotels, that is. Talk about them in a little bit more detail. And so I believe we've got a guest uh, waiting to join us. I believe uh, Russ is here. Is that correct? Hey, Russ. Russ is on mute. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, thank you so much. For those people who are not familiar with you and your group uh, that you're associated with, tell us a little about yourself. Um, I started a group a few years ago. It's called the DragonCon Connection. It's a group dedicated to uh, helping people find host hotels and now overflow hotels, as well as uh, rooms and rides. Awesome. And, and, and how, how big is that group? I mean, it's pretty huge, I think, when I was looking at uh, the number of participants. It's, it's getting larger. We've broken 4,500 people, 4,400 people. And I apologize. My cats are... <laughs> <laughs> I've been gone. They are quite demanding right now. I see. I see. Well, you know, it, it's cool because then we count as a cat video. We'll get more attention. That way. So <laughs> we, we really funny. appreciate that. Um you know, I was looking at a little bit of history because I was really curious as to what, like, you know, because we have five host hotels now, but it wasn't, I do remember when it wasn't always that way. Um, now, I wasn't here for the first Dragon Con, but um, I was very, uh, so I, I did some digging. The first Dragon Con in 1987 was held at the Piedmont Plaza Hotel, which for the longest time was called the Renaissance. At least when I moved to Atlanta, it was called the Renaissance. It's a very small hotel. I was like, I was, I, I'm familiar with it, and I was very surprised that it was held in such a small place. But there were only 1,400 people that attended that first Dragon Con. Um, but it was at the Piedmont Plaza Hotel for a couple years. Uh, in 1989, it moved to the Omni Hotel and Convention Center, uh, and by that time, they had about 3,200 people. So they're already growing. Um, by that time. And then in 1990, that's when the Atlanta Hilton gets involved as, as one of the host hotels. And it's in, you know, the rest is history, the Hilton. So I guess as far as the name, the, the five now that we think of for host hotels, the Hilton probably has, is the, has, is the earliest one has the, has early cred. So I guess we'll start talking about the Hilton and, what the Dragon Con experience is at that, what makes it different from the other hotels? Russ, do you have any uh, sort of uh, sort of uh, insight as to what uh, what the Hilton is like at, at Dragon Con for those people well, staying there? I've stayed at the Hilton a number of years. Okay. I really enjoy it. Um, the benefit I, I like personally as a attendee, the, what I like about the Hilton is you're right in the midst of the chaos of dragon con but there's lounges on multiple floors so you can easily go up and take a break and it's it's a nice nice combination um there's a lot of nice photo shoots out there as well as where a lot of people take photographs um and it's the center of like the science track and the space track and uh the jpl engineer that was going to be here uh i look forward to uh following that it's, it's, it's a nice nice hotel the uh, the Hilton when I my first Dragon Con uh, the first the first time I like stepped into Dragon Con for the first time in 1994 the Hilton was the first hotel that I experienced uh, Dragon Con at um, I didn't stay there but um, but they had most of the main they had the main celebrity guests there they had a lot of programming there um, it was basically the center of the convention at that point I think. I think the Westin was also tied to the convention in some way, um, as well as the Atlantic Civic Center. But the main stuff was happening that I recall at the Hilton. 
Um, I have never stayed there though. So, um, uh, Channing, uh, have you stayed there at all or? Yeah, um, I can say the Hilton for convenience, it is my favorite of the host hotels. Okay. I've met, yeah, I've been going to Dragon Con since 2008. I think I've stayed at the Hilton two, maybe three times. Um, as some people know, I host a photo shoot. And so for that reason alone, uh, the Hilton is great. I remember in years past when the Hilton was kind of like, okay, Dragon Con's here, but we're not really embracing it that much. To when they started doing their their annual um, Dragon Con themes, um, I co-sign on the um, having the different lounge areas around. It's really good to find a space if you need to get away for a minute. Um, obviously, the courtyard in the back is a huge draw, especially lately, because there's there's a quiet side and a loud side. You've got the loud side that has the DJs and the food vendors and all. But if you get over to the other side where a lot of the photo shoots happen, you can, you know, just kind of post up on a wall or, you know, sit on some steps. Um, yeah, I'm, I I like the Hilton. My dream Hilton uh, thing is to get one of those suites on the really high floors. Um, <laughs> so if anybody wants to contribute to make that happen, um, you know, I'll, I'll set up a Kickstarter for that. <laughs> uh, of course, we did a comment about last year and about the flood because last year... The Hilton was not um, everybody's favorite hotel. Let's put it that way. Um, and and I think we've experienced that over the years. Like one of the hotels just trips over themselves um, and has issues. I can remember a few years ago, I think right before the pandemic, it was a Sheridan that had some really bad luck because of uh, they didn't even know if they were going to be open in time for the con because of the things they were going through. Um, and there's been a lot of like change in ownership throughout these hotels history over the you know last 20, 30 years that Dragon Con's been going on. So obviously it's going to be a different experience from year to year. But if I'm if I understand correctly, the Hilton is one of the is it is it one of the legacy hotels? Yes. Yes. There's one of the legacy. Okay. There are basically three legacy hotels. Uh, the Hilton, the Hyatt, and the Sheraton. And uh, and right now, I believe the Hilton hosts uh, a lot of the programming. Um, the podcasting track is there. I believe the Brit track is there. Um, I, you know, and I'm I'm blanking on on some of the other tracks that are there. Um, I think EFF is there. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, they used to have. Well, they used to have that uh, DJ in the center of the area that was like really really loud. Um, I think they've scaled back on that a little bit. Is that true? Um, nope. Yeah, I'm, I can jump in on this one. They did have him in the lobby because I know we hijacked him one year. <laughs> but I think, I think, it, long story. But uh, last the last couple of years, the DJ has just kind of been out on that back patio. Uh, the Hilton is also one of my favorite places because it is down below in the basement. It is the home of Trader Vic's in Atlanta, which is one of the a uh, few, I think it's the oldest remaining Trader Vic's in this country. Um, and it's one of the, like, you know, I mean, Tiki tiki Bar fans all over the world come to Atlanta, come to the Hilton because they want to experience this Trader Vic's. Um, and it's always insane at Dragon Con. Um, so obviously, I, I mean, I, I used to go every year. I used to make it a point when I went to Dragon Con to go to Trader Vic's. But it has gotten kind of crazy lately. So um, I, I, I have uh, not experienced the best 
time at, at Trader Vic's there just because they're so busy and sometimes there's service issues and, and all of that. But I, I do uh, love the fact that Trader Vic's is there. And since last year, recently, they closed the Trader Vic's in London at the London Hilton. I were always scared that they're going to close this one. Um, now, there is new ownership there, my understanding is, and that uh, led to a few uh, bumps last year as well. Is that correct? Because I know uh, Jen experienced that, I think, um, and uh, other people did as well. Uh, yeah, they, they stumbled some. Um, and, Russ, you may have heard more in the group. Oh, and plus Jen is back. They definitely Ooh. stumbled some last year. I think uh, when you get these hotels with new management, new leadership, they want to come and, you know, shake things up and think outside the box and all those other cliches. And yeah, they, they want to yeah. try and make as much money as possible. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I was using business speak. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think it kind of backfired on them last year. I think uh, I don't think that's a real controversial statement. Oh, I can I can answer that question. Uh, me too. But go ahead. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, uh, the, the question is for oh. those people who are listening to the audio show, uh, what is the recommendation for being able to get a dinner reservation at Trader Vic's during Dragon Con? Um, you basically just call um, and uh, call as much in advance as you can. Act, act, um, there's an easier way. Is there? Is there an app now? Oh, there's been an app. Okay. Um, if you go to the Trader Vic's website, they uh, take reservations through Open Table. And I believe it opens up four months in advance for those dates. Uh, your best bets, if you want to uh, actually get a table to eat, is to try for Wednesday or Thursday night. Yes. And on the app, I believe you are able to get a table for up to 10 people. If you have a larger group, then you will have to call them. Yeah, because there's... Yeah, they have a they have some special rooms, but they don't have a lot of room down there. No. So you're not going to host like 20, 30 people down there. No, uh, the most I've had, I've had 12. I've, I've, the biggest I've done is 12. I've seen bigger tables, but uh, but yeah, the uh, the through their website, their reservation system, that's the easiest way to do it and you'll get you'll get the confirmation number, you'll get it emailed to you. Uh, they'll even check in with you. Uh, the week before and make sure you're still coming. And I will also say this, I mean, because like the hotels, Trader Vic's has changed management uh, a lot over the years. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's not. I will say that they've added and enhanced the menu recently here. So um, I'm eager to try it prior to Dragon Con just to see what the food's like. But um, I hear really, really good things about the management, what's going on there now. Um, it's weird. The management changes, but I think the two bartenders have been there for like two decades. <laughs> well, I've ended up with uh, the same uh, waiter multiple years, too. Oh, nice. So. nice. Um, somebody also mentioned uh, that uh, in the comments that uh, Hilton has a great buffet breakfast. I will say I've experienced their dinners, their buffet dinners, and they are really good. It is a nice place to go to eat. Um, obviously, it's got hotel prices, but you with the buffet, you can get as much food as you want. And it, it was pretty good food, if I remember correctly. It's I, been I'm, a long time since I've done that. but I am a big fan of their lobby bar as well. <laughs> yeah. Cool. The breakfasts are incredible. I've had the past couple of years. It was closed down for the pandemic, of course, 2021. Yes. But uh, it's, it's a really good, good breakfast buffet. Cool. 
Um, any other thoughts about the Hilton before we move on? Um, I think, uh, you know, it's certainly, it's got the old, it's got the, the, the most, uh, legacy of all the hotels at Dragon Con. I mean, it was one of the first ones. Um, it's probably one of the oldest hotels too. I mean, it kind of, you know, I think, I think maybe with the flooding and everything, maybe it's starting to, to buckle a little bit under that weight, but, uh, um, hopefully they can get their, you know, priority straight and actually be a better experience for everybody this year. Yeah. Uh, I hope that last year was just a hiccup. I suspect. I hope so. I mean, the flooding is one thing, but the, the, you know, the whole like non-drinking stuff and all that kind of stuff, you know, that was, that was more, I think, upsetting to people than the flooding. The flooding just made a cool meme or two. Well, and the, you know, the changing what was happening up in Nikolai's Terrace rubbed yeah. people the wrong way too. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And, um, and- I will say they probably have the second worst elevator situation at Dragon Con. We'll, <laughs> we'll discuss number one later. <laughs> I, think, I think we all know what that one is, but uh, yes. Uh, um, I, yeah, I don't think I've ever... Yeah, the only time I had to get an elevator is to go down to Trader Vic's, and usually I just walk in from the outside. For yeah, I, I go through the patio now. Yeah. I, I don't even bother with the, the elevator. Yeah. Um, someone asked, someone said, uh, demanded actually that they bring back the, the, uh, lobby DJ. Um, hey, they and- did for two hours last year. It was awesome. <laughs> when, when it was raining, they, they, it, they popped up inside by the check-in and all of a sudden it was like the Hilton five years ago. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> for, for, for a couple hours. Yeah. Well, cause it just became a big sing-along again and everybody dancing and, and it wasn't like the music we hear outside. It was, you know, what we all used to remember from right. from con lobby parties at the Hilton. Uh, they like used to have they used to have a walk of fame or celebrity signing areas in the Hilton, but I don't think they do that anymore. I think that's all uh, that's all taking place at uh, our uh, next hotel, which we'll get to in a second. But I do want to read this comment from uh, someone in the chat as well. Um, they said, "If uh, this is from Amy, if you're gluten free, the Hilton has." Uh, individually packaged bread and pastries at the breakfast of Bay in the past. So that's, that's good to know for those people who are, who are adverse to the gluten. Um, all right. So let's talk about the, uh, the, the hotel that's like connected as if we're going, if we're actually walk, doing a walkthrough. Uh, so we go from the Hilton and we walk into the Marriott. The mothership. The mothership. Yes, it is. I don't know. I get a feeling it's it's the biggest of the hotels. Is that fair? Do you guys feel that way too, yeah. or is it just me? Well, not when the crowd's there. Yeah, it's like the heart of Tom. Well, I, I didn't say you know, but I think it has the most. It seems like it has the most rooms. It certainly is the tallest, isn't it? I don't know. Like the Westin's the Westin? not tall. No, the Westin is is taller, but oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. as far as the ones that are like on that side, I think I don't know. It just feels. It just looks feels more massive to me when I look at it from the outside. But because it um, looks like a spaceship, and, it, and it's got that open exactly. area. Yeah, I mean, it really the Marriott for the last decade or so has been the center of the. It's, well, it's the hub. Yeah, it it's is. the it's it where is. the pulse bar is has just yeah. been like the the heartbeat. I mean, you, the the beat <laughs> that you can that goes on all night of yep. the con. I have stayed yeah. at the Marriott. A few times. I'm sorry. Rooms, mm-hmm. The rooms are very nice. <laughs> the rooms are very nice, but yes, if you want quiet, you will not get mm-hmm. it at the. I mean, maybe you have to go up to the I don't know 50th floor or something. But, but uh, yeah, every time I've stayed there, it's been uh, it's been loud at all hours. I, I, mean, I found even, the rooms to be pretty small comparatively. Yes, 
that that could be that could be um yeah uh, the the tva yes the 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 marion also has a distinction i think of being the most uh appearing in the most movies and tv series Mm -hmm. of all the hotels i mean it's very distinct looking uh so when you see movies like uh flight or of course loki uh, you'll instantly recognize uh, the Marriott in the background. Uh, and I know they've shot a lot of other stuff there, too. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I stayed there, and it was, it was okay. I mean, as far as every, you know, I mean, I don't, like, I'm not I'm not really uh, big on, I, I mean, it doesn't matter to me because I spend the least amount of time in the room as possible. At least I used to uh, before the pandemic. Afterwards, it's a different story. But, um, but uh, yeah, there was a few of us in that room, and you're right. It was kind of tight now I think about it. Yeah. Well, uh, the Marriott, the – oh, go ahead, Jim. I was going to say, I have a lot of friends who stay there and have for years. And just from d- d- hanging out with them and then what I've witnessed, the Marriott seems to have possibly the most chaotic check-in and check-out process. Hmm. No, uh, unless you're getting there on a Wednesday, but once Thursday hits, there's just luggage carts for miles and a line <laughs> of people waiting to go get checked into their room. And, you, you know, you're just you're on a major floor <laughs> where people are congoers are walking by you. And, and Hyatt can be a bit chaotic, but the, the Marriott, it's just you walk in, you're like, wow, look at that line of people waiting to check in. And it's not like really... Um I wouldn't say user friendly, but it's hard to like figure out where to go and what like where to go to register. Like it, it nothing's laid out very well. I think at the Marriott, it's just I mean, if you know it, you know it. But when you first get there, you're just kind of like, what? It just seems like chaos. Well, I, I know it can be figuring out which floor has the, the walkway, to, yeah, the Sky Bridge, and how yep. and which floor ha- you go to Peachtree Food Court from, yep. and yeah, that that takes some. Mm-hmm. Some getting used to. I've, I first couple of years, I ended up in the motor lobby multiple times. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to reacquaint myself every year because it's like, okay, which floor is it? The one that goes to the Hilton, the, the Sky Bridge, and yeah. Um, so, uh, Russ, what's something else about the the, the Marriott? What's, what's some other factoids about the Marriott? The Marriott has on the I believe it's the forty second floor. It's a concierge lounge. It's a great place to uh, go back and just also free drinks, coffee, and snacks. And uh, it's available for, I believe, Platinum and uh, higher members of uh, Merit Bonvoy. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I was not aware of that. Is, uh, another- now, the Marriott also has the, is it the 10th floor? That mm-hmm. is the uh, cosplay, cosplay-friendly floor? Is that- it's either the 10th or the 12th. Yeah, I want to say 10th, but yeah. now I'm having doubts. Is yeah. that still the case? Is that still like the... Well, they, they do a volunteer. They have a, one of the volunteer villages is there now. Okay. Um, for for con volunteers, and I think that's now why the tw- I think that's where I'm getting the twelfth floor. Tenth floor used to be like a popular spot for people to do um, cosplay photo shoots and go chill or have meetups. And now that volunteer village is there and takes up a large spot of that, so the volunteers have a decompression space, uh, which they need. Uh, now, uh, people have started doing some meetups like the swag and seat groups and such on the 12th floor. Gotcha. Yeah. The 10th floor, um, is, uh, of note because I think all the elevators stop there. 
Yeah, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think they do. No matter. So like, so no, if you're, you know, even if you're going to one that's going to be on the that's only available to the higher floors, it always stops on 10. It does have that option for some reason. So 10 is like the one if you're if you can get on any elevator and get to 10, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, which yeah. is not the case. Um, Channing, I think you wanted to talk about the elevators in this hotel. Um, yeah, before I get on the elevators, I will say one <laughs> one of my favorite things about the Marriott is if you're into seeing cosplay or taking photos of cosplay, the atrium level at the Marriott is pretty much a nonstop cosplay showcase. I've seen everything there from the dude in the giant Groot costume to more casual Smokey and the Bandit cosplay. Um, Halo, a bunch of Iron Man armors were there. So that, it's really a good place if you're into that and, and that's what you want to see. Now, sometimes it gets very difficult to move around in the atrium, but it's it's, a, it's probably my second favorite people-watching spot. Um, the elevators, look, if you know, you know. Um, <laughs> I, the, the Marriott is probably where the you got to go down to go up rules started. Um, they try to bank them. And that's the other thing. I feel like there's probably a dozen elevators in the Marriott and it's still not enough. Like, I just, <laughs> I just, I, I just don't, I, I just don't understand. It is a great hotel that I love spending time in, but I do not want to stay there. Um, I, I, I just don't, it is the, probably the last on my list for a hotel, a host hotel I would get a room in. It's perfectly fine hotel, but not for me. It's also um, not a legacy hotel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so if you want a room there, you have to go through the, the you have to play the Hunger Games. But I think it's always the last hotel to go on sale and be available. Um, so I, I think that's that's true. Once all the others are because there's three legacy hotels, right, and two that are not. No, no I'm sorry, got that reversed. There's two that are and three that are not. Well, the Sheraton has its own modified legacy. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. But for the people who are looking for Marriott Room, tomorrow the charges are going through. So there's in the next few days, there should be some Marriott and Weston rooms opening up. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Um, yeah, people are listening to this. If they're watching this live, then yes, uh, because Marriott owns uh, – the Marriott company owns uh, the Weston. Um, and Sheridan. Do they own the Sheridan now too? Yes. Yep. Okay. okay. So yeah. they used to be all distinctly different. Now there are like three of the hotels, host hotels are owned by the same company. But they don't follow the same booking <laughs> protocols. They're no, all different. They do not. <laughs> no, they, they, you're absolutely right about that. Um, but they, uh, yes, they are connected those, in name only. Yeah. For those people who do Good have point. rooms there, you will be charged tomorrow morning or at some point during the day tomorrow. Yeah. Um, which is a day that always makes me nervous. Uh, well, also, I, I have noticed um, it does seem like the Marriott is uh, on the lower end as far as pricing. It is one of the more affordable host hotels to stay in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that and the uh, Sheraton. Yeah, the Sheraton is the best, the, yep. the most cost effective. Mm-hmm. But it has a steep, you have to pay everything up front. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, I think that's true of almost all of them now. Um, I mean, at least it is with the, well, we'll get to the West End where I stay, but, um, I mean, I've got to pay the whole amount tomorrow. I'll be charged the whole amount tomorrow. But you weren't, but you weren't charged when, right after con. No, I was not. We we, we can get to that. Well, share it. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 get get to that when we get to, yeah, yeah. Um, last but not least about the, the Marriott, of course, is the carpet. 
right? I think the Marriott has more cults associated with it than any other hotel. Um, Because I think that's where Trashy comes in as well. And And of course, and of course the carpet. Um, For those people who don't know, um, I guess (laughs) never been to Dragon Con. Um, But if you don't know, like, yeah, that carpet used to be like this, this funky thing that really was there for decades you can type in hashtag marriott carpet online and you will find thousands you will find it you'll find it and and now you can get anything i mean heck even our logo has has the the marriott carpet pattern in it i mean it's just everywhere we Um, just received two t-rexes that are marriott carpet yes Ah, you're in the carpet rex group now yeah and there is a piece of the carpet still behind the desk yeah Oh, and wow. there's also a spot on the bottom floor you can go where like these benches are. You can see a little sliver of it peeking out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those if you know, you know type nice. things. Yeah. And unfortunately, I, I the carpet if... they replaced it with is just not not even it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. You get like people are trying to turn it into a cult, and I've seen some <laughs> costumes of it, but like just that's just. Work. It's well, not a it's not a color I want on me. No. <laughs> we'll only miss it when it's gone. No, maybe not even then. And I can't speak for anybody else, but that was the first cult that I saw form. I don't know if anything predates the carpet, but I remember when the, the army guys came and their camouflage yeah. was yeah. the Marriott carpet pattern. Yeah. yeah. And well, yeah, I feel they, like they that's what started it. Yeah, they originated yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. I do think like the the trashy I mean, one was there. Trashy was pretty early too. Yeah. I think. And, well, I think yeah, because the carpet was still in when Trashy disappeared. Yeah, yeah. And for those people who don't know, Trashy the cult. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys want to explain that one? It's, it's the trash can that was uh, on one of the floors. The it's at the bottom floor, wasn't it? Not, not, the, not the very bottom. The ne- the next one up. Gotcha. The one where Brian sets up his photo booth. <laughs> That's that's the important point that I want to mention too, because so the so there's a lot of uh, uh, photo ops done there in the Marriott, especially at the basement, uh, and also I think it's the it's not the bottom floor, but that's where the Walk of Fame is, right? It's the next step. So you have epic photo ops with your your prom photos with the celebrities are in the bottom mm-hmm. floor, and then the next floor up is where you have the Walk of Fame, as well as the um, uh, Mad Scientist with a Camera official con cosplay photographer that you can sign up and do stuff for and then you have uh, any musicians that might be playing or performance groups they have their 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 merch tables set up around on that floor too and was it nether netherworld is that the name of the haunted house uh i believe yeah. they're there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they're set up. shadows usually yeah. have a yeah. nice uh, yeah. kind of booth down there too yeah used to be where all the fan tables were Right. They haven't really done fan tables since the pandemic, so I don't know if they're going to get back I've, to that. Well, but, I've seen a few at the Hyatt but, last, uh, last year. Yes, that's true. Uh, OneRing.net, I think, was there. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so if you're going to go to the Walk of Fame, the Marriott is the hotel for you. There are some tracks in the Marriott as well. The big, big ballrooms uh, are at the Marriott as well. They have, like, the bigger celebrity panels there. Um and, uh, and the I bigger know that, parties. Uh, our good yeah. friends at the American Sci-Fi Classics track, as well as the uh, just the American Sci-Fi Fantasy track, is there. Both of those are there as well. Um, so I, I find myself at the Marriott quite a bit, uh, doing panels and stuff there. Um, so yeah, um, the late late night raves are there. 
And uh, uh, Star Wars and Puppetry Track, I believe, are also there, too. I'm getting a note that they're there as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Marriott is a great uh, – the spot where the skywalks from the from the Hyatt on one end and the Peachtree Food Court on the other end converge into the Marriott is a great spot to uh, catch droids hanging out with each other or puppeteers <laughs> having a puppet off. Yeah, it's a it happening be, spot. Because <laughs> it used to be where the blood, uh, donating blood was. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But then they moved that. Uh, but it used to be in that area as well. Um, but I mean, right before, like as you said, that convergence there between the food court, the Hyatt, and the Marriott is like the worst intersection of the <laughs> you, you just gotta you gotta learn how to go with the flow of traffic. It's, There's it's, always like two people who want to go against the flow, and then they yeah. mess it up for everybody. And then you get those people who just <laughs> stop. Yeah, yeah. I think also that's the other thing too about the Marriott is like more people stop at the at the at the bottom and tops of those escalators than any other hotel. Yeah, um, because there's so much to look at. But you can look at it while you're riding the escalator. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not defending them. I'm not defending them. Please do not stop <laughs> when you're on an escalator. Once you get to where you're going, move. Like, also, there there are hotel employees that they will let you know to keep moving keep if moving. you yes. stop. Yeah. 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 Can you imagine that? There's just people that, that that's just their job. <laughs> well, they probably spend, go home at the end of the night with a headache because they're just shaking their head. Like, <sighs> but in some ways they get like the, you know, they get to see everybody who's coming yeah. and going. Like, I mean, they, who knows? Like that's just, you never know what's going to come up or down that escalator. Uh, so that's I'm pretty, just imagining- that's a, pretty exciting. I'm just imagining hotels empl- hotel employees swapping stories like soldiers, you know, just swapping war stories, you know. Um, <laughs> did three tours of Dragon Con. Just wasn't the same. <laughs> okay, so now I uh, now we're gonna switch because we're gonna take the we're gonna go through that intersection and take a <laughs> take a hard right and and go over to the Hyatt. Um, the Hyatt, I really remember in the early days. The Hyatt lobby used to be. The place to go to see uh, costumes. It's I mean, still, I can remember many times hanging out at the in in there. There's even like pictures of cosplayers that I've seen where I'm sit, hanging out in the background of, of uh, folks because there's a lot. It, it's not so much now. I mean, some people. It do, is during the day. Yes, yeah. it's not at night. It's, it's, I, I've noticed during the day now. Yeah. It's especially where people bring their huge cosplays, like the yeah. mechanized suits, yes. things like yeah. that. Well, because I think that's the, also the hotel that has the masquerade, right? So yeah, that's that's there's some big ballrooms in the in, in there. Uh, some big celebrity panels are being held there as well. Big concerts. Uh, big concerts. That's where like a, yeah, the huge concerts are. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the I think the burlesque show is there. The rum buckets are there. Um, is the puppetry slam there too? No. Okay, that's uh, it. Used to be. Was, yeah. It used to be. It's now at the Westin. Gotcha. Um, uh, and then, uh, so yeah, you, there's there's a lot of floors there. There's a lot of panels. Um, the, Kilt blowing's there. What's that? Kilt blowing is there. Okay. I did not know that. I have never attended that event. It's uh, amazing. <laughs> okay. I keep trying to enter it, and they keep sending me away. I, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm a little offended at this point, to be quite honest. So the uh, 
the Hyatt. Oh, by the way, um, I don't think we've have we hit it yet. Where registration is, we haven't hit the hotel for registration. No, yet, we right? have not because it used okay. to be it used to be at the Hyatt. I can remember long time ago waiting in line to get my, my ba- pick up my badge for the uh, and yeah, snaking around the Hyatt and then finally getting in and getting my badge there. But it's moved. Um, Okay, so the blood drive is now there, Russ. Is that correct? Yes, the blood drive is there every year. And in fact, we're going to be doing another uh, giveaway this year for the blood drive. We're going to give away uh, last year we gave away two legacy rooms to the Hilton. Um, this year we're going to give away an option for either a free stay at any host hotel for the following year, or legacy at the Hilton, or see if we can get other hotels involved. But definitely Hilton at the very least. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there's some. If you go to the lower levels of the Hyatt, it's a real weird maze where you run into a centaur or whatever. Like there's like there's some you need breadcrumbs to get around down there. The writer's track is down there. You got you got to answer three riddles from Tim. Yeah, I mean it's crazy down there, right? It's like I mean I, I I totally lose all sense of where I am. When I'm down at the basement of the Hyatt. No, the first, um, last year was my first time to go down that far when I had to go to media check-in. <laughs> and then I went down there. I was like, oh, this is where the blood drive is now. Like, I hadn't <laughs> seen it. <laughs> and I had no you. idea all that space was down there. It's crazy. That's how they get you. You give blood, and then you're too weak to walk back up the stairs. <laughs> I had never been lower than Artist Alley or the art show yeah. before. Well, except on the opposite side of the hotel where um, – because the, the uh, kilt blowing is on a lower level. But it's on – it's in the international – one of the towers. It's at the bottom of one of the towers. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. It's got the towers, which is a weird configuration um, that when you're inside it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to make sense. But yet yeah. – um, so you can get lost in there. Um, the uh, – all right, so the writer's track is there. The art show is there. Uh, they take up the whole place. It used to be uh, there was a space that was the art show and the comics and pop art area were both in the same kind of location there. I wish but they still were. The, uh, <laughs> the uh, comics and pop art moved over to over America's there. Mart. So the art show takes over that entire form there. So those are uh, so that's there. Um, uh, the silk, silk track is there. Filk track, okay. Uh, and they have um, the performances. Uh, what's that stage called? The concourse. Yes, they have the concourse the there concourse for the smaller stage. groups. Um, and there's fan tables around. There's it. fan tables there. OneRing.net, our good friends there. Uh, uh, the Venture Brothers. There. Yeah. Um, group. The uh, kids track is there. Diversity track is there. Uh, there's a big room that they use for like big events that the American Sci-Fi Classics track has, like. Uh, our good friend Dave West's uh, Big Damn Game Show is held there. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Uh, in drum this circles hotel. are there. Yeah. What's that? The late night drum circles are there. Oh, wow. Okay. That's like th- th- 3 a.m. or 1 to 3 a.m.? Something like that. Late night drum circle. That's what it's at the Hyatt. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Um, like I said, I think I can remember when it used to be, in my mind, it used to be the heart of the convention. Um, but it's, uh, it's loud like the, yeah, the second heart. It's, it's still got remnants. There's still a lot going on there. Um, it is, uh, also a legacy hotel. Um, and the elevators can be kind of tricky. <laughs> uh, oh, and the con suite is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. Another thing I've never experienced. The con suite uh, on the second floor. I, I have. 
I have stayed at the Hyatt. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I thought the room there was kind of small, actually. Um, now, uh, the, 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 the thing that everybody always tells me is that if you want to stay there, make sure you stay in like the second tower. Cause then the elevators just are less hassle. Well, you have, yes. you have your own dedicated elevator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But there's not a lot of space there. So, I mean, those go pretty quickly. Also, I believe, um, and I don't know about the other, like, to be honest with you, I don't know about the others, but I, I do know that a lot of guests, uh, celebrity guests or stay at the uh, the Hyatt, especially for the comic track. Um, I do know someone stay at the Marriott as well, um, because I've ridden in elevators with uh, celebrities at the Marriott. Uh, I'm not sure how much that goes on at the Hilton. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's a lot of like, so yeah, you're fighting not only with attendees to get an elevator spot, but you're also fighting with the celebrities. Uh, so, and guests. But One of the things cool. people like about the Hyatt is the balconies. They love the balconies. It's a strange thing. We stayed there a number of years, and the parade view, watching the parade from the balcony is amazing. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, you got to get a room that with a view, right, for the, for the street. Yes. Yeah, I think they charge more for those, don't they? Of course mm-hmm. they do. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the Hyatt, I I like the Hyatt is actually my favorite people watching spot. Um, I know I said the Marriott is a full time cosplay show, but yeah, just kind of for the reasons that you said, you see a lot of the big costumes. It's yeah. not quite as packed um, during the day, and even though hotel bars are notoriously overpriced, like. The government needs to step in and regulate them overpriced. I do enjoy having a drink at the 22 Stories Bar. Um, I, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I think the 22 Stories is just a great meetup spot. And it's a great spot yes. to just strike up conversations with strangers because you can hear each it other. Is. Yeah, It is. I've been at 22 Stories talking with friends, and then I'll see somebody on a cosplay that I like, run, chase them down, take the picture, and then go back to my drink. Now, is, are they the? Uh, is that where the buckets of rum come from? Yep. Okay. Correct. That's, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yep. Uh, yeah. But I will duh, be old man. Oh, go ahead. I was say, but it's uh, in my experience, it is best to go down one level from the main bar, the twenty-two stories, and go to one of the pop-up bars and get your rum buckets from them. Uh, they're stronger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> from the the down the lower level <laughs> pop-up bars, and uh, you you're going to have less of a weight to, to be served. That's actually what I was about to say. Um, I'm showing my age, but I can truly say back (laughs) in my day, the rum buckets were stronger. Uh, Yeah. From like 08 to 2012, I feel like the rum buckets had a little kick in them. And then around 13, 14, and I've heard multiple stories as to why, but yeah, definitely get them from the little pop-up bars. Uh, and tip uh, your bartenders. Yeah, and tip your bartenders. Yeah. I think part of it now is because they're also I, – I haven't seen them do this at the 22 stories, but the lower-level bars, they're giving you the option to add add extra rum, you know, for a higher price. So oh, I think course. I think that's where some of it uh, is coming from is the, the upcharge, you know, or, you know, just get your one rum bucket and – Walk away and add your own. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we would ever condone such activities. No, no, uh, no. I'm, I'm just saying I've heard people do it. Uh, we do have a comment here. It says, Hyatt rooms are newly remodeled. 
open closet, fridge, and coffee area uh, seems more spacious now. So that's a, that's good to know. Yeah, they had me at fridge. <laughs> they changed the suites around. We had a suite on, well, a corner suite, and it's now a, a they modify it. It's a different type of suite now. So yeah, they've they've done some innovations there, and the Starbucks in the lobby is one of my favorites. It's not Weston good, but it's it's pretty good. Gotcha. I'm, I'm a I'm a coffee person. No, I yeah I I remember staying at the Weston and how good that Starbucks was. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know we have to move on, but I have a very quick and very pressing question. Okay. Has anyone ever seen the pool at the Hyatt open? Yes. I'm really starting to question if there I, is a pool there. I have, or if it's just a but, blue it, tarp. but it was uh, it uh, it was Wednesday morning. <laughs> I I saw it open and then closing it up. <laughs> yeah, they they don't have it open during the con. They learned that a long time ago. Um, if you look at early pictures of Dragon Con, uh, you'll see them pictures around the pool. Um, I do remember days when it used to be open. In fact, there's a really kind of famous. I think I've seen it a lot picture of like a lot of different uh people guys in batman costumes sit lounging by a pool that's taken at that that pool area so um uh so that's yeah. when the pool that's yeah. back Just when the pool was open blame it on congoers well congoers or other people there during con getting too rowdy and throwing furniture in the pool Ugh. yeah yeah you know other yeah. they could have done what the hilton did and just Got rid of their pool completely. <laughs> <laughs> now it's now it's just a now it's just a big old smoking area. Can you even go down the stairs anymore? Where by the like back there where the pool what is or pool area is because you used to be able to go outside Wait, at the Hilton or at the Hyatt. At the Hyatt. Oh yeah, that's where all the smokers hang out at. Right, that's yeah. what I thought. Okay, yeah. Nice. So there's that cloud right there. Okay. And they have like there's two different pop up bars they put up there at night, and then they have a little snack. Snack trucks, not trucks is wrong, snack carts yeah. lined up uh, leading to those mm-hmm. steep ass stairs that go down to the street level across to the oh, motor lobby stairs. at the Marriott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, those stairs. Sta- those stairs on a rainy day after a drink or a war crime. Well, <laughs> going down is not so bad, but when you're like trying to avoid <laughs> the skywalk crowd and you're like, oh, I'm just going to walk from the Marriott up those stairs and then you get halfway and you're like, why? Why did I yeah. do this? Yeah, they are, uh, they're hard. They're very hard and unforgiving stairs. They're steep. Yeah. And they're wide. There's wide. So there's not like, it's hard to get like, you know, if you're looking for like a railing, good luck. You'll be sandwiched in the middle and good luck. Um, all right. So, uh, so that's, and I should point out also, uh, if we haven't mentioned already, the Marriott and the Hyatt have sky bridges to the food court. Direct sky bridges to the food court so you can get there, get your food, and go back to the hotels pretty easily there. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think the next hotel that was uh, initiated into the host hotel groups was the Sheridan. Uh, and the Sheridan is – I've never stayed at the Sheridan. Uh, the Sheridan has uh, – they have a big pool. It's mm. open during Dragon Con as well. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. it's very nice. Uh, when they close the roof, though, it gets really humid in there. Like, oh, it's really humid. humid. It's humid without with the roof open. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I it's was, Atlanta. I yeah. was I was in yeah. the poolside uh, balcony room last year. Yeah, the humidity is there, and it was open the whole time. The the, the cover was open the whole time. So yeah, we uh we've uh, we've had some ESO uh, meet and greets there, and we had to give that up because it just got to be too humid in those areas, and it was not pleasant. So 
but the uh, pinups by the pool, I think that's still going on. That yeah. that's there. Um, Star, uh, Star Trek is there. The Star Trek. I was going to say, yeah, the Star Trek uh, track is there. Um, they have a pretty big celebrity room as well. Um, to be honest, I don't know of any other panels that are there. I mean, I know there's other tracks. Uh, oh, robotics. the Alt History one. I think the Alt History one is there now. Uh, yeah, Alt History's there. Yeah. Uh, robotics is there. Uh, they have the night fights. Yeah. Uh, there. Um, like medieval knights. Right, like jousting? Uh, yeah. Well, no, sword fighting. Sword yeah. fighting. <laughs> uh, and uh, you, you've, of course, got registration there. You've got uh, Disability Services main hub there. You have uh, one of the con merchandise booths there. And some decent restaurants and an amazing food truck park set up <laughs> in the parking lot with some great Greek food. And it hits the spot at midnight. Get me some gyro loaded fries. It is life changing. Uh, but you also you also have a DJ set up on the balcony outside above where the cars pull in. That maybe at midnight you don't want to hear blaring. <laughs> but but you can't hear them inside the hotel, so that's that's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, last year was my uh, first year, first full year staying at Sheridan. I do not foresee myself ever leaving that hotel. No, some people love the Sheraton; they love it. It's yeah. Well, I've done two well, years, two years at the Hilton. My first two years years ago, I did eight years at the Westin, and now that I've gone to the Sheridan, I it, like I know people. I've seen people make jokes that it's the old folks hotel that you go there when you don't want to party. Um, one, having stayed there, there's plenty of partying happening all over the place there. Uh, but it was, it was so much easier for me to just meander tipsy back to the hotel from the Hilton being at Trader Vic's and just go two blocks and be right at the Sheridan and then get me some Greek food from the food truck and go up to the room I wanted to go swimming, I could. I didn't have to wait more than three minutes in line at the Starbucks they have. Mm-hmm. So, the, uh, I think the advantages are also kind of a disadvantage because the Sheridan is one of the hotels, the first host hotel that wasn't connected to the others. So, in a way, it kind of, you know, it was an outsider. It felt like if you stood there, stayed there, you were like an outsider no, because you weren't that, easily connecting. I had that opinion thing. when I used to stay at the West End because yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, the Sheridan is so far away. But, yeah. but now that I'm there, now I'm like, oh, I'm close to the Hilton. I can get to the Marriott quick. Hi, it's not that far. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh, my God, the West End is so far away. I'm never going there. And the- <laughs> That's how most people think. The uh, – well, the Sheridan and the Westin are very far. Like they're probably like the mm-hmm. furthest away apart from any of the hotels, right? Oh, cool. So yeah. that that is a, and it's literally like a steep uphill, like one way if you're going towards from to from the uh, Sheridan to the Westin. It's all downhill if you're going the other way. Oh, but no, um, no, you don't use the hill. You go through Peachtree. Yes, you can do that. There is a big sky bridge mm-hmm. that goes from the food court to a parking deck. Which is the parking deck is in between the uh, elevator, the, the Westin, the Cortland Street. No, I'm garage. sorry, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I will also say that during con season it's not so bad because it's you know pretty like there's a lot of people around, but you know you don't want to go trailing off 
uh, too far if you're going from the Hilton to the Sheridan. Because I mean, wouldn't, there are, wouldn't we there say are, that about all the host hotels during non-con time, though? Well, because the West I mean, is like that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a little easier. Like, I I think the the three hotels that are connected, obviously, you don't have to worry about that because they're all skybridged, and and so you you don't have to go anywhere else. But and really, the the Westin is just like across the street. Now, if you go past the Westin to the America's Mart and then go into, you know, deeper into the city, that's probably. I don't know. know. I mean, I, there was the, the past few years I had stayed at the the Westin during con, just stepping out to have a break or meet up with people. We were getting harassed by non-con goers. Right, nice. it just became where it was uncomfortable to walk out of the hotel. Yeah. And I have I have not experienced that around the Sheraton yet. So, I, I, to be fair, I will say, I mean, to your point, I will say that uh, last year uh, when I went left the Westin to go to America's Mart, I did very closely get into a fist fight. So uh, that was not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody was really, really, really trying to uh, to, they're, to they're, start they're, something. They're being wow. aggressive. There's some, some people getting mm-hmm. aggressive. Around so, the hotels, um, <laughs> so. yeah. So I mean, yeah, you're right. It is difficult. I mean, stay in the stay in the, stay in the lanes, right? It's like don't go, don't stray too far out of out of the popular areas uh, because, uh, yeah, that's just not a good idea. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else we want to say about the uh, Sheridan? Uh, it is a legacy, it, right? Obviously. Yeah. Well, it's somewhat legacy. Yeah. Just to, if you're you're interested in, in booking there, folks, they book right after con. And you're expected to pay for the future year all up front in one lump sum. At some mm. point. Well, in the past, it's been <laughs> yeah. it's been right after con. <laughs> this year, yeah, I didn't get charged for till January. Yeah. Uh, mm. Which, but I kept. I was like paranoid. I was like, come on, come on. You're supposed to try. like. I was. My room was not safe until they took the charge out. Worse <laughs> so, that way, wasn't it? You're like, where's the charge? Where? Yeah. Where is it? I'm like, can I spend this money? Do I have time to spend this money and pay it back? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. If if Hilton is my favorite hotel for convenience, Sheridan is my favorite hotel for comfort. Um, it's also the first host hotel that I ever stayed at um, at Dragon Con. So it has a special place in my heart. Um, so, yeah, but I like it for those reasons. It's close to everything. The pool is amazing because I usually get it to Dragon Con on like that Wednesday. Same. So I can just, you know, chill by the pool. Um, if I couldn't get a room at the Hilton, the Sheridan um, is my, my my one B choice. Oh, and they, the rooms come with fridges. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, you don't have to fight for a fridge, which is awesome. Nice. That is very cool. Um, as far as the Sheridan and uh, the Hilton go, since those are and and yeah, the Hyatt too, because they're all legacy. How easy is it for to get in if you're not legacy? Because my understanding is is that the blocks are pretty much filled before they even get to the general public. Well, Hilton, you know, they have their whole waitlist thing. Sheridan, some rooms open up every year. You just you have to be able to you have to be paying attention. Yeah. When the Sheraton goes on sale, when the rooms open up, initially you get an email out to the people who've had reservations the year before. And they have generally 24 to 48 hours to book their own rooms for the subsequent year. Unless somebody's mean and posts that link publicly. Yeah, that was. Which uh, unfortunately happened last year. Yeah, that was great. 
Normally, <laughs> it doesn't happen. You you have twenty four to forty eight hours easily to book your own room. Once yeah. it opens up the general public. Yeah. So basically, you just get if you stay there, you're supposed to get first crack at rebooking for the next year. Yeah. But then you know somebody broke protocol last year yeah. and was like, "Hey, I just found this link. Go book your room." And then so there's quite a few people who had currently stayed at the Sheridan who who have been shut out for next year. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. they generally sent out on the previous cons that's been on like Saturday of Dragon Con is when the link is actually sent. So they want you to actually book your room while you're at con. While you're at the con. Yeah. And 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 pay for it like yeah, and pay for while it. you're at con. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. well, I, mean, I mean it's it's like, you know, I mean normally at a hotel you pay you know, for that stay at the end, you're just postponing that for, you're just paying for next year at the end. Yeah, it's so just, it's you keep doing just, that. You're going to make the, you're going to pay the yeah. same amount you know, of money. Eventually just, it catches up. It's, it's when you switch. Oh, right. Yes. It's when you, you, you know, like if you're. Yeah, that's a know, tough, say, that's a tough year. Yeah, that year, that <laughs> yeah. was an adjustment. But then now you're like, okay, once you get into it, then yeah, it, it's not that big a deal. And you know to always budget it. And you also have the relaxation of knowing my hotel is already taken care of. Yes. And this is, this is not the thing I have to worry about. Which is, which is not, um, you know, that should not be overlooked because that is a huge relief when you get that taken care of. Yep. So many uh, people have their hearts set on one hotel, like the Marriott. That's one of the most popular. They always want to just to go to that hotel and they ignore all the other hotels. And then it's the last one to go on sale. And if they miss out, then they're stuck and they're scrambling yeah. for the next 10 months or whatever, trying to find something. Yeah. And, and it's not impossible to get, um, these hotel rooms, these host hotel rooms. You just have to be smart and lucky in a lot. (laughs) Or, you know, join a group like Russ's group. There's, there's there's multiple hotel groups on Facebook. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, cause some, there's a lot of people who they they book the first, uh, hotel that goes up. Yeah. Well, not the Sheridan. Because you're not gonna, you know, right. pay yeah. for that and then give it up. But uh, you know, they, they book the ones that you know are affordable or only going to charge like a one night deposit or something like that, two night deposits. But then that's their backup room, and yeah. they're doing it to see if they can get their dream hotel. And then if they get their dream hotel, well, then they got to offload that room, you know. So there's, there's, there are people up until the week before con every <laughs> single year trying to unload a room. That they booked because they got into the hotel they actually wanted. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah, no, you're right. I I actually went through that one year. Um, I mean, our page is good, but I, I cannot. I, I want to also plug Zan's page is also incredible. Yeah, as I was saying, there's there's Party multiple groups up there, and you know, hitting as many groups as possible is the best way right. to approach this. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't, it's a don't the same as you. You know, nope. should should keep a broad mind about which hotel you're going to stay at. Yes. You should, you know, not put all your eggs into one basket as far as where you are looking to try and be able to book a room. Yeah. yeah. I wanted a Hilton. That was my first hotel I wanted. And I ended up with a Hyatt. And I'm not complaining, knock on wood. <laughs> but it was just like, what? But I, I'm okay. I, I, I accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to try new hotels every once in a while, too. Um, I mean, I certainly have been in 
I've stayed at three out of the five. Uh, so I think I have to, you know, at some point check off those, that bucket list and like, you know, have experience, uh, the rooms at the other hotels. Um, all right. So last, but certainly not least, uh, because I stay there, we're talking about the Westin, <laughs> uh, which is, uh, as a history with Dragon Con, they used to be early in the early days, they were part of Dragon Con and then they left Dragon Con and then they left. And then, uh, more recently, I think they are the, most recent addition to the host hotels. Um, they are also, as Jen pointed out, they also are the tallest building of the, th- they used to be the tallest building in Atlanta. Um, and it used to be one of the tallest buildings, like in the Southeast. I mean, it was, it was, they used to be like the uh, really beating their chest about you know, how proud they were of that. Uh, that. Um, and uh, I think it's featured in the movie Sharky's machine. There's a really uh, famous scene where somebody gets thrown out of it, uh, thrown out of a window. Um, uh, which is really kind of cool to watch. Um, it had a huge damage during a hurricane one year. Um, so, um, it's got, it's got a history, but, uh, I, I like the hair, the, the West End. It's, it's not a legacy. Unfortunately, I wish to God that it was because I'd love to secure a room for, and not worry about it. Yeah. I like staying there. Uh, I like staying there for three re- main reasons. One, I like staying there because it's, it's close to the America's Mart. Yeah, I mean, um, there the used cl- to be tunnels that connected it, but because of the uh, construction or whatever that they're doing, the, the renovations, they don't really connect as well as they used to. But it used to, so I used to just be able to roll out of bed and go like set up my table. Like it used to be really convenient that way since I have a table there in the, in the Pop Artist Alley most years. So um, I like that. I also like the fact that it's quiet. Yes, I'm old. It makes me sound old, but I don't care. I just I I like, like the fact that it's... That's, you must that's, be there at different times, because I've been there plenty of times where it is super loud. Yeah. Downstairs, yes. But upstairs, no. Like, no, I must rooms, have just had loud neighbors then. Maybe. Maybe. Because I've even found, like, the rooms are just... It's just... Oh, man, it's just... It was so quiet. I like it. And uh, and I, I think the the um, the elevators are... are are decent, like they're not mm. a challenge. So I, I, I'm going to disagree on that one. There's, I've, I've seen. Well, you're probably, you're probably not in in the the elevator area when it's like peak zombie parade time or like probably not party time. Hero, heroes it, and dragons ball time. Yeah, when it's party time, like <laughs> the, when you have everyone coming over for the events that are not staying at the hotel. It's a nightmare, especially because the Weston's another one of those hotels where not every uh, elevator goes to every floor. So you have a lot of people are confused on which one to get on, and then you have people getting on the wrong elevator and then getting off. And uh, the, the first year I stayed there, I walked out of the elevator right into the zombie parade and was like, what, got just swept up in it. It was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? <laughs> and then... I had to like get uh, those those uh, the circular walkways, you know, that go around the elevator bank. I had to like get swept into one of those just to wait for the rest of my party to be able to get down <laughs> and wait for the parade to end and get out of the lobby. And uh, but yeah, during during party time, it's a it's a madhouse at those elevators. I I might be already in my room retired by then. <laughs> Uh, so I must admit, because I, I have not personally experienced uh, that difficult. Now, I know people like yourself who have, 
so I'm not saying it's a blanket as a blanket statement that they're always awesome, but I just haven't experienced it. Well, like, fact, I loved the West End the first six years I stayed there. It was the last two that it just became it became too much for me. Hmm. But but you know I. I'm those per- that person who sleeps maybe six hours at con and then is out. I'm up at 7 a.m. I'm out of the room. I'm walking around. I'm, I'm doing stuff all day and all night. Yeah. So I need I need to be able to get there and back easily sure. and not be frustrated. And I need to be able to get a fridge and not have them run out. Yeah, any, that you know, is unfortunate. They have these, like, you know, room temperature fridges. Which don't do anybody any favors. No, they don't. They don't keep insulin at the proper temperature. No, they don't. And right. I know that for sure. So. Lots of people have started doing the. I need it for a medical necessity, and it's like, look, I really do. I have the doctor's paperwork. Yeah. And and how how do you only have a hundred fridges for your whole hotel? Like, yeah, <laughs> that, that that doesn't make any sense to me either. And for some reason, they seem to have a big shortage on like doubles. Like uh, oh, yeah. for the last few years, I have to, you know, get a single king bed. Um, and so that's been, you know, kind of awkward at times. Oh, but for some uh, reason, They also seem really big on no matter what type of room you book, when you show up to check in, you're not necessarily going to get the room you booked. Interesting. Like, I have not run across that either. Yeah. We've had the, where we booked, you know, two beds and then gotten there even on a Wednesday morning. Oh, I'm sorry. We're already out. You're going to have to have a king and a roll away. Uh, it's not oh. cool. And it's just like that's not what I paid for. No, that's yeah, that's not cool. The switch up in the in the at the last minute is mm-hmm. not cool. But also like how is that the case on a Wednesday morning? I like I'm I'm here yeah. beating the crowd. You're out of fridges and you don't have the room I booked. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um uh, I also would say that through ordering room service, I had one of the best burgers I've ever had at the con, like there. So, uh, um, and uh, it looks like, um, uh, according to a comment here, uh, there's a second volunteer village there now. Uh, it's like a con suite just for volunteers, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, we haven't even mentioned the tracks that are there. The Apocalypse Rising track is there. The horror track, I think, is there. Um, and I'm not sure if the track is based there, but I know the video game track has some events there. Yeah. Um, it's the, it's the hotel that's closest to the gaming area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the vending hall, of course, as we talked about. Yeah. Werewolf um, is big there. Uh, yeah. Werewolf is like, doesn't that take up like a whole floor? It, it does. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. They'll, they'll play from the early in the morning till. Late at night. Uh, there's some great dance parties there at night, like the 8-Bit uh, bit Bash. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 8-Bit and Heroes and Dragons are two of my favorites. And they um, had, you, mean, you mean Heroes and Villains? Yeah, sorry, sorry, Heroes yeah. and Villains. I was like, there's a Dragons party? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's, will someone please start that? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, la- last year um, the, they had a, didn't they have a, a debut, a goth party? Uh, last year, I believe that, that yes. I, I heard was really, uh, really good. I think I think DJ Spider was one of the DJs at it, actually. Uh, and they that have could be that yeah. could be because I know that there's yeah there's some pretty big parties. Um, which one? Which is the uh, hotel that has? Where did where do you find the Spectrum party? That's at the Hyatt. 
That's at the Hyatt. Okay, yeah, yeah. definitely mm-hmm. wanted to make mention of that. Um, uh, and the uh, the uh, the late night puppet slam is at the West the Westin. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, in a nice yeah. big room. Um, uh, any other uh, things about the Westin? Bar is okay. Lobby bar is okay. There's plenty of seating though. Um, the, the, yeah, it's comfortable seating. Lots of lounge spaces down on the fi- fifth floor. I think it's the fifth floor. Um, uh, I've only been on the rotating upper, upper restaurant place once. And that was a long time ago. Uh, I've only had cocktails up there, so I can't speak to the food. Um, I know it's rotating again. It was not for a few years. Right. I've never been there. Um, it's, it's neat. It's a good view. Uh huh. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like one of the biggest views. <laughs> yeah. I will say. Generally speaking, when I've stayed there, the the views have been pretty amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially if you get the, the on the side uh, near the uh, the arena, the stadium, the the central the Olympia uh, Olympic uh, Central. Uh, what is it? Uh, Centennial, Centennial Park. Park. Is yeah, that is that the view of the Ferris wheel? Yes. Yeah. Every time when I would get that view a lot and it would always uh, make me feel like I was in Cardiff and part of Dr. <laughs> Hugh when I would open up the curtains and <laughs> see the gigantic uh, Ferris wheel. Yeah. It's no. pretty awesome. Uh, that, uh, that the views that I I've seen there. So like, every time I stay there and I send pictures to uh, Michelle, she's always like, Ooh, you know, like, and, and sometimes like the, the other hotels, like the views are not that great. Uh, in some places, in some of those, uh, you know, back alleys or whatever. So, um, so that's cool. Um, anything else about the the Westin? It's the. It no. seems like it's the baby of the bunch because it's still kind of like the, you know, mm-hmm. the newer host hotel. But of course, now that it has ties with uh, Marriott, um, the Marriott company, and now it's like you know, it just seems like Marriott has this block of host hotels. Um, I've definitely seen it get more, you know, more and more popular with people yeah. through, throughout yeah. the years. You know, when I, had, when I started staying there, it was, there was hardly any crowds except for like the zombie thing or the nighttime parties. Right. Uh, um, oh, like, and like when there was a weed and track, weed and track was there. And that, oh, that's that, right. because yeah. that was one of the reasons we stayed there. Um, cause my, uh, roommate was in, it was, was part of the weed and track and I helped out with some like the costume contests and stuff. So I remember the first, the first year they did the the once more with feeling live performance there, and I was like, you know what? This might be the last time I stay at this hotel. Like this crowd is insane. Wow, <laughs> too wow. many people. Uh, I do know that uh, some of the overflow, uh, some of the bigger uh, tracks uh, programming that they have, like for um, like bigger roomed. Uh, for the comic room, for the comics track, they uh, comic book track they have at the Westin. Uh, I know that there's some other uh, groups there too, and I, I apologize for not having a complete list of all the tracks and what uh, hotels they go to. But uh, those are that's constant. That that might be changing anyway. I mean, it seems like uh, some some tracks change hotels every year. But um, and and like anything else, like you know, like the hotels. We all have our unique experiences. Some uh, love and, these and, hosts, we, some and we have our preferences. We have our preferences, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because one one bad experience, one bad employee, yeah. one yeah. bad thing, whatever, could ruin a hotel hotel for like forever for someone. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, um, so 
Um, and I, and I, and knock on wood, I haven't had that yet happen at the West End. So <laughs> until that does, uh, uh, I make mine West End. So I will be charged bright and early for that or at some point tomorrow for that. And I'll be nervously awaiting the confirmation on that as I always do. Um, but, um, you know, uh, the Marriott also owns the Ritz. And uh, I'm not going to get too far into other hotels, but if there is another hotel that you think could, um, you know, be included in the host hotels, if they if they do ever entertain a notion of adding a sixth, is there anyone in particular that you would like to see added? Well, I would expect it to be the Ritz, just because I I I, I know a ton of people who stay there, and I know mm-hmm. a lot of the celebrities stay there. Uh, director Director Faber stays there, and he loves it. There's, yeah, I've heard that that they do send some of the uh, the bigger celebrities there since it's not an official host hotel. It's a little bit easier to hide them out there. I don't know if the Ritz wants those problems that come with being a host hotel. I think I think they're fine with you know Dragon Con people staying there. I think that's fine, but they want them to stay there and then leave and go to their panels. I don't know if the Ritz wants to. Uh, that the Dragon Con riffraff just wander through. <laughs> well, I, I think they also just don't have convention rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. don't. Yeah, they don't have that. Yeah. They're not a convention hotel. A, a, a hotel right. I think would want to be part of it is uh, Indigo. I don't think they yeah, have the space exactly. for it. But my God, Indigo! I think wants to be. Like they want to be the hub. They're like, come party with us, Connors. And <laughs> you they, have a mini legacy. Yeah, yeah, and they they throw um, con specific events in their lobby every evening for the yeah. for the congoers that are staying there. You know, having karaoke and costume parties, and like they're into it. They they want that attention. They do. Huh. They do. Yeah. They're just saying, I, I'm not even familiar. I don't even know where that is. To be honest it's right me. across from the food court. So Weston, you cross okay, the street. Gotcha. And it's got oh, it's got the big silver art figure piece in front of it. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you're talking about. Now. And uh, a big, oh, gorgeous uh, crystal light fixture. Oh yeah. And you can uh, you can come out a particular exit from the vendor hall when the vendor hall was in the previous, or when the gaming was in building one, building one and two. You could there was a door you could come out and you would exit through the lobby of uh, the Indigo. They're also, um, they're also constantly building and constructing new hotels, even downtown. Uh, the parking lot area between the Marriott and the Sheridan is uh, slated to be a new hotel. So who knows, you know, that's obviously going to be right there in the thick wait, wait. of things. Is that where all the RVs park? I believe so. Well, I guess they're just going to build it tall then, because that's not a very big spot. <laughs> oh, there we go. It's supposed to be over 40 stories tall. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. There you go. Uh, so um, so who knows? But right now, you know, it seems like uh, because they do all fill up. I mean, all these host hotels fill up. There's overflow hotels all over the place, uh, sometimes miles and miles and miles around. Um uh, Russ, any any sort of final thoughts about the host hotel situation at Dragon Con? Because it is one of the things that makes Dragon Con unique, right? Oh. Because the, the the whole con takes place in these hotels, and I can't think of another convention that does this anything close to this. It's unique. It's a special event for sure. Um, over the coming months, as in the lead up to Dragon Con, uh, room blocks will generally open up in some of the hotels. the The Westin historically has dropped blocks. In uh, 
the three or four months before con. Um, last year, the uh, uh, Marriott dropped over a hundred rooms like the week before con. Um, so yeah, don't never give up. Never, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, you can't if, count on it, but man, it's no, been known to happen, right? I would say if, if everything falls through and you still want to host hotel, wait till about a week before con. I mean, in the buildup before then, you'll see all over social media rooms opening up. Mm-hmm. But the, the host hotels themselves will still have a set of rooms that they will release shortly before con. So if you really want a room, the last 48 hours is, is a good shot. Plus 48, 72 hours. And and those will still be at the con rate? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you'll have... Total. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you'll have, of course, you're going to have like the Hilton who'll be like, hey, we opened up a block of rooms, but they're full price. Uh, yeah. So just, yeah. if you see something open up, make sure it says con rate. And yeah. the prices will fluctuate. Like the Hilton will open up a block of rooms right now that will be $100, $150 over con rate, but just wait. It changes. Uh, we got a comment here. This is Priceline sometimes offers host hotel rooms as close to a month out from DragonCon as well. So that's another resource. Yeah, my uh, first. I will time- say one thing. I'm going to keep my eye on, and this could, uh, you know, affect my future stays at the Westin. Is that when I made the reservation in October, the rate was one thing. Um, when I went to confirm it, it had increased, yeah. and I today I made a change to my credit card on the room, and I got a. In more, even more increased rate. So it has changed now twice. Um, So who knows what I'm going to be charged tomorrow? But um, yeah, Um, and people wonder why we don't like hotel chains. Like, (laughs) I mean, like, there's just like, yeah, it is. It's in some ways, it's. I feel like it's downright criminal some of their behavior. But but nobody going to do. Like, this should let you. You know, to me, it's if you book the room. No matter which hotel it is, if you have the funds and you want to pay for the full price up front, they they should let you do it. That's a good point. So, yeah, you know, lock it in. Yeah, that would be that would be great. But of course, that's they don't benefit from that. <laughs> so only book cool. for the four four days, like the Thursday through Monday when you book at DragonCon rate. Just book at the four days because in the lead up to con, the the prices drop dramatically. Um, the Marriott dropped to just over a hundred dollars. Uh, like I think under under one hundred and twenty for uh, quad double quad um, for Wednesday to Thursday, and the Monday and Tuesday was comparably cheap. You'll save hundreds of dollars doing it that way. Don't, don't do that at the Sheraton, though. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they sell out. They sell out those other other non core days. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Who? That is ridiculous. Seven twenty nine. Seven twenty nine. Hilton is right now. Is that a night? Yep. It'll drop. <laughs> It'll drop. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't pay that. I mean, yeah. unless you have no, a lot of. There are people income. who pay that though. We see them post about it every year. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. But uh, man, it must be nice to have that kind of money. Anyway, we really yeah. gotta, we really gotta wrap it up and everything because. Uh, but it's been great to talk about all this hotels information. I've learned. I've learned some things. Uh, I was today old when I learned some things, so that's cool. Um, so yeah, we are going. We're going to close out the show now. We are uh, we're drawing a close to the episode of the of this episode of 2023 Dragon Con Report. 
Um, thanks, Russ, for joining us. It's been um, uh, amazing having you as a resource here to talk about the hotels. And I like the I love the work you guys are doing in that group. And we appreciated the cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so, always here. so tell us where can people find out about the group? Um, DragonCon uh, Connection is the uh, name of the Facebook group. And it's uh, all over. It's just a simple search. Um, I can post a link in the comments if you like. Absolutely. Well, we'll post a link in our show notes because oh, okay. uh, obviously I'm there. So, uh, so hopefully you'll see an increase of uh, some people in there. Um, we, uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Um, so, and I also want to give a thanks to Sarah and Gary for joining us earlier on the show to talk yeah. about their new track that they're trying to give birth to. So, uh, they're going to be the proud parents of a new baby track, I hope. Uh, maybe not this year, but next year. That'll be great. Um, and, uh, yes, the DC Theater and Performing Arts Lovers. Uh, check out their group as well. We'll have links to that in our show notes. And, of course, a big shout-out to our station crew. Channing, thanks again for joining us, man. Always a pleasure to be here. Where can people find out about what's going on with you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Channing Sherman. But if you have a minute, check out the 28 Days of Black Cosplay hashtag. You're going to see some great cosplayers of color who all month long have just been showing up and showing out. And uh, definitely go there and just find somebody and show them some love. Yeah, I'm uh, glad to see you survived uh, Mardi Gras as opposed to Nerdy Gras, which we are <laughs> yes. celebrating here. But uh, yes, yes, survived Mardi Gras. I, I have to ask real quick: Was it like comparable the experience? <laughs> um, well, see, the, uh, my hometown, our Mardi Gras is pretty tame and friendly. It's not like you see going on in New Orleans. But um, yeah, there was one day I wish I had taken the next day off work. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're co- the cosplays at Mardi Gras are nowhere near as good as the ones at Dragon Con, though. Oh, I can okay. say that one hundred percent. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Jen, thanks again for joining us. Always a pleasure. And of course, talk about the uh, give a uh, give a shout out to the uh, parties group. Yes, I run the uh, Dragon Con parties, meetups, and more groups. Sorry, the dogs are banging on the door. Uh, run, Jen, run! Yeah, um, <laughs> some of my uh, my uh, my my co group runners have been in the comments through throughout the show. Uh, Dave drinks Guinness and uh, Brandon Moore, but we basically uh, help you navigate the app. For official parties, concerts, meetups, stuff like that. And, and as well, we, when people are having unofficial meetups and they feel like making it public, we do that as well. Uh, we're a pretty welcoming group, pretty large group at this point. Uh, so if you just need some help navigating the app, it's a, it's a good place to check out. And you can also find me on the Blurred Nerds. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, thank you, Director Faber, working behind the scenes, working all your magic. We appreciate you, man. Uh, and also, I got to give a special uh, thank you and shout out to Darren, of course. His spirit is here. Uh, I feel it. And, uh, um, you know, it'll be here with us, I, I hope, all year, uh, man, at Dragon Con this year and forever. So he's brought a lot to this show. This show is not be what it is. Uh, without his participation in it. So, yeah, if you want to give one last toast to to, to Darren, uh, yeah, we love you, man. All right, so we try to cover all we can with these episodes, but to keep up with the latest news, please check out the official DragonCon website, all their social media outlets as well. Uh, all the fan tracks 
are active on Facebook and various social media. Check them out. Get involved. And uh, we are a proud member of the ESO Network. We have a T Public store filled with all kinds of cool stuff, including a very cool design for the Dragon Con Report podcast. There's a link for that in the episode show notes and at the top of the ESO Network page. So if you're watching this, just go to esonetwork.com. Click on the link. You'll also see a link there for our patron page. Uh, if you want to support us, please, please, please do so. Um, and even if you can't afford it, um, look, you can support us other ways. If you're watching, listening to us, like and share, like and share, like and share, comment, spread the word. We, we love you guys. Um, and if you want to leave us direct feedback, comment on the show, please feel free to do so at feedback at dragonconreport.com. And you can reach us, reach out to us on all the social media as well. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon. And as always, it's been my pleasure. Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you at the con. been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.